welcome to episode 35 of Girl Take the Lead, where each week we explore womanhood and leadership. This episode is part one of a two-part conversation about the book Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking by Susan Cain. You may remember Susan Cain from episodes 23 through 25, where we explored her book Bittersweet which was about how sorrow and longing make us whole. Well, this is another one of those books that changes us. Do you realize that at least one third of us are introverts? I know many of you who know me probably think of me as an extrovert. I know my kids do. Maybe all moms need to be extroverted to survive and I needed to develop those skills to survive corporate life. But as I looked at myself, and as my guest, Andrea Boreas, looked at herself honestly, we saw where introversion lives in us. Oh, this is a good one for sure. Andrea brings a global view to things that is priceless. I am so grateful to have her explore this topic with me, and I hope you'll enjoy it and perhaps embrace your own introverted tendencies as we did. Here you go. Thanks for listening. Andrea, welcome. Girl, take the lead. We are so happy that you are here. And as I mentioned to you, I have wanted to do an episode on this book and you came along as my perfect partner. And I am so grateful for you to to do that with me. And just for our listeners, Andrea posted something on LinkedIn and It took me back. We figured out, right, 22 years that we first connected. Our daughters were in brownies together. And when I saw your post, I went, she's the perfect person to have as my partner in this. So thank you so much for being here. Well, Yolanda, thank you so much for having me. It's so great that we actually reconnected and now we're also doing this podcast. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And just also know listeners that she's in Germany and I am here in the States and here we are connected. It's fabulous to get a perspective on this, this book, which was, I think, opened my eyes quite a bit. But before we get into it, why don't we talk a little, if you would mind sharing with the listeners a little bit about your background, and um, I think they'll find it very interesting. Thank you. Thank you. You're German-Italian. I grew up in the center of Germany, in the rural areas, went to school there, and when I was 15, decided to become a foreign exchange student. Yeah, that was my first exposure to the U.S. I ended up in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, which was rather boring, I have to say. Oh, God. <laughs> You know, everybody dreamed of going to California, obviously. But I had a very interesting year, to say the least. I have a super cute, uh, I still have a very cute host sister because we're still connected after, I don't want to say how many years, but many. Uh, Lisa, I want to say hi to her. On to uh, not be very clear after graduating, not this high school, meaning in the U.S., but then, of course, in Germany later on. Finishing up school in Germany, I went on to become um, a flight attendant waiting for my or my my possibility actually to access university because of my uh, well not not upscale grades so I finished went to become a air hostess and then decided this is all not for me and I started studying political science long story short I didn't make it 
I, I spare you the details. I went to France instead. I got my diploma in French and came back totally broke. And I thought, okay, now I need a job. And friends just offered me a job in Hamburg, where from where I'm speaking right now. You can see this was quite um, uh, life-changing. started working in advertising and marketing, uh, first just to be in uh, doing for clients all kinds of events, promotions. And then I, asked, then I just realized I need to, to put some academic hours in my, uh, under my belt. And I graduated in marketing had actually a really good career in marketing and in advertising and I always felt this was like not not quite not quite what I really 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 wanted and then after 2008 um, we all went to Germany in the meantime I became a yoga teacher I built up my own studio I had an accident after yeah having the studio for five years going through multiple surgeries I decided this I can't just pursue my original job anymore as a yoga teacher so I closed shop and also got into a new mindset meaning I just felt I outgrew also the topic of yoga and all the spiritual experiences and explorations I needed to enter a new field I was like I need to be open I want new things and I want to be it needs to be meaningful to me so I it was an era of the MOOC the massive open online classes and I took some classes actually at Stanford uh, human what was it women's uh, health and human rights with Columbia it was about sustainability with Jeffrey Sachs and at Cambridge University in UK I took a class on international development and that was kind of a a one-year experience and after that I was really sure that was kind of where the world I wanted to enter and it, it made total sense to me I felt like yeah this is my field and I want to explore this and so I decided there was a hybrid program available at uh, Cambridge University where we just had to kind of be present once a month so I figured I can do this and the rest I'll do online I did my work and I actually may have a degree in international development now. Mm. It was it was such a great experience. I mean, we had the best class and very diverse, different age groups, different backgrounds. And when I think sometimes when we find our way and it feels right, like, oh, this is the right lane. You know, I'll, everyone, you know, you kind of light up and you, you <laughs> just, it all just, it gets us energy. Mm-hmm, and Totally. And definitely, you are lit up, my darling. A lot of energy. (laughs) Well, that was before menopause, let me tell you. (laughs) I know, I know. It comes. It definitely works. (laughs) So then, of course, I was done with my degree. And I also did a lot. I mean, not a lot, but I did some civil uh, society activity in my field. Yeah, I did some things in Hamburg about sustainability in, in the city and wrote about it. And I felt this was kind of still, I was on a shaky ground, you know, starting in a new field as a profession, I felt like I wasn't ready really, because I just, I didn't have this really this solid ground. So I thought, oh, I'm going to go for my for another degree in uh, political science. And that's what I started in 2017. But I, I actually start, started in Hamburg. So and that's where I'm still at right now. Um, <laughs> well, you live, you learn. It's it's a very, very different experience from the one I had in Cambridge. And this is a whole other podcast. So it's, I'll, spare you. <laughs> I'll spare you. But just to finish it up and... Um, 
going through a difficult time now in my personal life, I just realized um, I also, I now also felt the need, I want to go back into the workforce. And I started uh, doing consulting with some um, pro bono for some uh, social enterprises. Uh, realized through my internship, I had a half a year internship with a uh, with a project of the German federal government that was taking place in uh, seven, then later eight African countries that um, I just want to keep on working with them. So, and I did. And um, the last thing I did was the launch of the project in Nigeria um, for getting young people into work, into the workforce, but giving them training first. So there were competition competitions for the training facilities to operate and facilitate students, um, very cool. And actually I was supposed to be at the time in South Africa working on the job, but well, we all lived in COVID times at home somehow. Finished the internship, I started to work with them as a consultant, but I was really stretched thin. But to just to finish it up because of my personal situation, I also tried it out. I, I did a few gigs for a consulting company doing different things, uh, kind of coming, making a turn back into the business world. So that's here I am on leadership and on strengths development and, and that. The thing that brought us together was, I think, the way you asked questions. And when you posted on LinkedIn, I'm not sure if you remember this, but it was about being introverted. And mm -hmm. your question to me, as I read your post, was a lot about, you know, is there a gender bias towards this? So I thought doing the book, looking at Susan Cain's Quiet and exploring a little bit more about that question, it would help us uncover some things. And I, I know for me, it did. And I'm, I'm thinking for you, it did uh, as I well. Agree. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. So maybe just to give reference first to our um, mm -hmm. listeners about some of the points that Susan Cain makes in the book, Quiet. Um, and, and the title is, is perfect. The power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking. It's terrific. Um, and she makes the point that about one third of the people we know are introverts. Um, they're the ones who prefer listening to speaking, who innovate and create, but dislike self-promotion, who favor working on their own over working in teams. It is to introverts like Rosa Parks, Chopin, Dr. Seuss, Steve Wozniak, that we owe many of the great contributions to society. So when I, I think I, um, uh, and our listeners know that I prepare like crazy for all of our podcasts, <laughs> but I, I definitely wanted to hear what Andrea said, had to say about if, if it's one third of us are introverts in, in the States, is that kind of what she sees in Germany as well? And what was your thought on that? So I thought there was a much greater a number, mm -hmm. but uh, it seems like Germany is pretty much in the same category as um, as as the U.S. So one third, it, it's a bit inconclusive, though. The, right, the... right. I think one of the things that she 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 also did in her other book, Bittersweet, is to have a there's like a scale, like a a quiz that she gives you mm -hmm. to see where you fall on the range of being an introvert. And I, what was your 
Um, how did you, you netted out, I think 15 out of 20. Is that what you had? So were you 50, 50? I don't even know your numbers. I was, <laughs> I was also 15 out of 20. Oh, see? You oh. and I were, you and I scored the same, but you kind of said you were uh, an ambivert, um, which is both extrovert and introvert. I think I always thought that I was an extrovert, but I actually think I pretended, like she talks a little bit about in the book, I pretended to be extroverted. And, and I'm a double Leo. I'm, I'm Leo, oh I mean, I mean, it's okay. crazy. I'm like crazy Leo, but I can, I can step up if I need to, but I'm exhausted mm-hmm. after. I don't, I don't get energized from those things. I find them exhausting. Mm-hmm. What about you? How, how does that show? It's interesting that you say that because if you've always defined yourself an extrovert, you could have, you would have thought, okay, I thrive in this environment. I get, I, I, you know, I source people, I source the energy. And this is, for me, it's, uh, it's actually a classic, classic sourcing from, uh, retreating to you know being on my own focusing having quiet time and um i can adapt really well to environment so i can get hyped up by environment meaning oh oh, it's exciting we have this podcast but then you will not see me for days you know (laughs) i sit at home and i read and i and i do my things and uh, that's totally fine with me uh-huh. I have no problem whatsoever. And I talked about this with my daughter. And she said, Mom, I'm an extroverted introvert. And I said, uh, I think, yeah, I could imagine that's that's me as well. Extroverted introvert, meaning I, I look, maybe like you said, I look like an extrovert, but inside, I don't feel it. No, yeah. because I'm too diligent with things or I'm too, I'm too deep diving with things. And in my job, and I think now that we, I, I read this book and I so many, I was like, all oh, the, the light bulbs went on, bing, bing, bing. Mm-hmm. In my job, I had to really produce like snap, 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 snap. I mean, you are in marketing or you are mm-hmm. in, in a market, big marketing companies. So, you know, we're not asked to deep dive, we're here to produce, right? To deliver on things. And we have really short turnarounds. We have clients on our back. And, um, and I always thought that's my nature, but it's actually not my nature. Right. reading this book I was like that's actually not my nature I actually like to sit in the quiet and read and have uh, thoughts yeah yeah so I can totally relate to you uh-huh. I I also saw like and just the way I do my podcasting that the the part I mean I love talking with people but I love doing the research as much Mm-hmm. I like, I like the mm-hmm. digging in. I like the mm-hmm. research part. And for marketing, you always want to have the analytical part as well as the creativity. And I often found that I couldn't have the creativity unless I had the quiet moment mm-hmm. of, you know, the, of the um, analysis of the, mm-hmm. of looking at data, being able to see where the insights were. And mm-hmm. that to me is a very introverted practice. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it, it definitely, I could see with my husband who is probably 20 out of 20 <laughs> on the introversion scale <laughs> that we connect mm-hmm. 
on on that you know that mm -hmm. that our connection you know he we both love hearing from each other what we're learning you know what mm -hmm. we're seeing what are the mm -hmm. insights we have mm -hmm. um and i realized you know that was one of our our superpowers you know that i didn't know it was a superpower you know mm -hmm. um i kept thinking he should be more extroverted <laughs> And actually, when I look at it now, it's almost like Susan Cain gives us permission to have yes. introversion yes. yes, be our superpower. Yes. I love that about her. Yeah. Yeah. Because there, I mean, we know that we, or we, I, I don't want to say we, but introverts usually get perceived very differently. And we'll probably learn about how how so and uh what, what's the foundation of that but um it seems really unfair yeah <laughs> it seems really unfair it does i think she makes the point that i mean it's so undervalued in in the business world as well as just in general and i i've tried to look at it in my class because i can almost identify the introverts and when they have a project that they have to do at the end of the, by the end of the year, and I, I caution them, I said, don't rush into putting your teams together yet. You know, get to know each other. Mm -hmm. You know, that quiet person could be that person who's going to be the most creative in your group, you know, or, and yeah, you need your extrovert to be able to talk about what you're doing and to presence it. But look at the team balance, you know, so um, it's been interesting to bring this into the classroom, too, and to help mm -hmm. um, the class make distinctions themselves about this. I'd love to do a whole class just on this. I think it would be just so interesting, <laughs> right? Very, very much so. Uh, I have a different experience, but in, also in a classroom setting because I have, I have seminars, <clears throat> And usually since I don't, I don't usually initiate all those things in the classroom, but you know, if, if we get to ask questions, I answer. And then if we have teams we have to work in, usually people are not volunteering to kind of start, start the work, start the talking. And usually I just feel like, okay, I'm the mom in this, in this place. I could yeah. just start the talking. <laughs> exactly. So okay, what are we thinking about this? How do we start and how do we come upon this? And what are your thoughts? You know, so, I, and and I mean, you know this as, a, um, as an educator, you have to just get them going, right? Yeah. And even though that would not be my nature, I would not sit still like, okay, well, it's interesting to listen to you, interesting to listen to you. One of the things she talks about is this mm -hmm. extrovert ideal. And, you know, we're talking about this and kind of where the history came from. And mm -hmm. she traced it back all the way to Dale Carnegie's transformation around the turn of the 20th century. It seemed like women at that time were not the breadwinner in, in the family. They were, you know, taking care of family. But even back then, there, you know, there were these guys out there, how to be the best, you know, salesperson, the Dale Carnegie way, you know, mm -hmm. and I like this one quote um, that was in the book. Um, guys were for businessmen, but women were urged to work on a mysterious quality called fascination. 
people who pass us on the street can't know that we're clever and charming unless we look it. I thought, whoa, no wonder we have that monkey on our back today. That's very true. That I can, look. I can fully relate. Mm-hmm. That look. I mean, that was, that got me. I just went, oh my gosh, yeah. Um, yeah, and this whole idea of being able to stand out no matter what, that it was the standing out. It was the one talking the loudest. It was, you know, I know that later in my career, I found by being a little bit on the, let, let those people talk Mm -hmm. and -hmm. then find the insight and just bring it home. Like, Mm -hmm. like something that they couldn't see in that moment because they were Mm -hmm. talking. Mm -hmm. I could listen, I could be Mm -hmm. silent, and I could come up with some wise, quote, wise thing to say that Mm -hmm. moved the action forward. Uh That's very smart. (laughs) Yeah, part of the superpower. It's better to be, what is it called, underrated or underestimated than... I don't know, but so this was your strategy. Yeah, you that was mine. Moment with the right information. No, what intrigued me was really because I had I had no concept of this. Uh, I mean, I know who Dale Carnegie was, but uh, I had no concept of this shift of concepts um, that before we we perceived people as uh, what was it called? we had a character and this was a notable thing to the community we were living in so we were perceived as a certain character and we had to you know we were showing a value system to the community and we had a certain role to fulfill and we got hold, held accountable and at some point this kind of concept of character is transformed after Dale Carnegie Kargi and all the competition in the in the business world started <clears throat> to be transformed into this personality character. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was, or uh, what's it called? The concept of, from the character transformed into the character of, of a personality, meaning traits that were not innate, but traits that were learned to succeed in a, in a competitive environment and where you had to show yourself off in order to get along in your career and to further your career and to succeed, right? So I was like, so intrigued by that, that there was a conscious shift, you know? Yeah. We, we consciously move ahead. It's, it's also evolutionary to uh, adapt to a new environment. And, uh, yeah. It's so interesting to see that, like, I love what you're saying about personality, that we started to think of it as a fixed character. Either you yes. were you were that or mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And when we look at the history and um, we look at the evolution of that history, we can begin to see like, oh boy, did that just cover us up and not like you were like you said in your intro, your your true nature wasn't visible anymore. I think. I, so much of what's happening right now in transformation, personal transformation has to do with, you know, finding your true purpose, you know, whatever <laughs> makes you happy, <laughs> all that stuff which can be a little toxic sometimes, I will say, <laughs> but it's covered up. I mean, it's so much of it is covered up. And I think a lot of these movements are trying to help us uncover what that is 
so that mm-hmm. we can say, oh yeah, I'm exhausted after I do. I, I'm telling you, I come back Wednesday from my last class. Mm-hmm. I can hardly speak. I'm like, Steve will ask me how's the class and I'll just go, great. I need to go rest for a while. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I'm done. There was a, a great TikTok. I'll see if I can find it and put it on our on our um, Facebook page that um, that d- totally describes how you're you are in the situation. You rise to it, and you're like, "Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for being here." And then you get in the car and you go, "Oh my god!" Deflate, deflate, deflate. <laughs> Exhale. <laughs> Could someone no. give me more energy? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it just takes mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, again, you know, going back to, uh, I, I think she just goes into this depth about our biology and ourself, um, you know, that it's, it's okay to be, to have like in my case, the letdown to re-energize and to bring things back. So I'm not sure where we met it out between you and I on the gender bias, but I, you know, I, I did pull out some things that were just from most of the work that's been done in research on this. Mm -hmm. And actually it's pretty even between the genders Mm -hmm with men even actually having a little bit more of a bias towards introversion than extroversion. So I I think it's to your point though, that maybe it's, we've learned how to be a certain way that makes us a bit more quiet in our approach. Maybe, maybe we're so we're more strategic, more thoughtful about how we lead and when we when we go to speak, I don't know. Maybe it's changing now. I was I was really surprised when you gave me the numbers. Uh, I would have never figured. It's almost I mean that men uh, have a, a higher uh, number in in being an introvert in the. And that was based the, on the Myers Briggs. Um, on my on Myers Briggs. Myers Briggs. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was. I still feel. I mean, I don't need to feel it because I see. <laughs> I see what I see, and I. I see data and we can see how many um, leaders we have in business and in uh, in large organizations that are not women. Uh, we still have to have quotas to let women in. Um, but this is not gonna be a short answer, I guess, <laughs> to this uh, topic, I... because for me, it's really a structural issue still. It's still omnipresent in society and we see wage gaps, discrimination, mansplaining, abortion laws. <laughs> I mean, it's just still rooted deeply, uh, of course, in the workplace, um, omnipresent in the workplace. And when this comes into the mix uh, for women, adding a, a introverted personality type, I guess um, that's how I call it. It's doubling down on women. So it does not help, obviously, to them getting ahead, being understood, being heard, being not discriminated, having equal pay and, and so on. Yeah. So... Um, and I don't know, nobody seems to recognize, uh, if you're not loud, you're not heard that this might just be a different version of smart, 
like you said at the beginning, right? <laughs> so, right. But uh, there's yeah. that quote that says, we don't need giant personalities to transform companies. We need leaders mm. who build not their own egos, but the institutions they run. It's interesting, isn't it, that she didn't have a chapter just on gender in the book. I thought that was a miss. I hope she does a sequel. I'm going to um, I'm gonna put that on her Instagram <laughs> posts and stuff. <laughs> I think you need to do an update on quiet and relate it to, <laughs> to gender <laughs> bias. Yeah, I actually had some thoughts. And this is really what you, you're saying I can very much agree with because I felt this is not the end of it, what she said. And yeah, I really thought that so women in the let's just put them out there in, in our society, in the work uh, environment. So they have they have this dichotomy of being an introvert, staying true to myself. I'm just here being myself and doing the best I can. And uh, they will just suffer consequences. That's just a given. We know they will not get promoted. They will not be hurt, overtalked, or they will just not be present. And in a way that people think they're not conducive to business because of the way they are, right? They right. will not be able to contribute. So they, they have an extra glass ceiling. That's, that's what I feel. Mm. The other way, this is also in the book, which she actually said is to, to assume an extrovert personality, right? Yes. But that's what you said you're doing it. I do it, right? Yeah. And so we assume to succeed and to get ahead. So we train or we learn actually from early age. That's what she said to you. You actually notice from early age, this is how you could, yeah, could just push through somehow to. And then she also mentions that the stretch can be very far from being your true self. It leaves you exhausted, as you mentioned. Yeah. And you, this true, this stretch is very unauthentic to you. But she says you also have a bandwidth, so it can be okay for you as well. But if mm -hmm. we would just extend ourselves all the way, we just would not, not feel good. We would maybe get depressed or have burnouts. So I felt like when we see those two poles and so what are we going to do, right? And my first strategy was come prepared. So we know who we are. We need to assess what are we, who are we, what do we need? And it's a bit like in a relationship, obviously, mm -hmm. <laughs> what do we need <laughs> before we get into a non-conducive situation knowingly? And I felt we can actually become skilled uh, to better navigate because we can see, okay, what's the environmental environmental surroundings we're going to put ourselves to what kind of people are we dealing with if we have choices we can make them if we can negotiate we can negotiate with the future or with our hr and saying okay i need maybe two days at home or i can say i need focus time to deliver better work so i'll withdraw i have an office where i can go to a room i can go to or so this is all something we could do just to save ourselves not only energy but protect ourselves and 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 participate better you know i felt like really we need to be more strategic and better at negotiating which is obviously not easy for yeah. introverts and that's what i found actually the good news is um that but the good news is that this is going is is now being recognized that people are one third the workforce one third of it are introverts so there is a changing landscape. There is an accommodation, an attuning happening. It's slow, 
but we just kind of have to keep tabs, right? Right. Well, I think I think yeah. what this does, in addition to giving us permission to be introverts, is to not feel alone. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, one of the <clears throat> images that I hold in my head when I do this podcast is the woman who would be in the meeting that I would be in, and she would be in the corner, and she would have things to say, but she put herself in the corner. It's like that movie, <clears throat> Nancy, when Johnny walks in at the end and says, nobody puts babe in the corner. You know, I always thought it would be more powerful in the end that movie with babe saying, nobody puts me in the corner. And I told my, I told my daughters that, mm. you know, that movie uh-huh. would have ended just a little bit better if it hadn't been the guy pulling her out, but she pulled herself out of the corner. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I think understanding these dynamics of who we mm-hmm. are really just gives us a centeredness, a place to go, mm-hmm. a place to you know, be proud of that superpower we have and, and be okay that we're not like that salesy personality Dale Carnegie invented back <laughs> in the early 1920s. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. we don't need, we need, we need the balance. We need both to address some of these issues, which are so huge for us Mm -hmm. I know I I kind of felt the same way reading the book that everything everything can change everything can begin to tilt a certain way now that we we understand this thank you so Mm -hmm. much for being with us today oh you're so welcome thank you yo that's awesome (laughs) bye everybody we'll be back to you soon bye Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave us a comment. It helps us reach other listeners. Also, you can join us on our group Facebook page, Girl Take the Lead, and visit our new website, girltaketheleadpod.com. And we keep all of the episodes and clips there um, for your convenience. We'd love to hear if you discovered something new about yourself and perhaps embraced your own tendencies and are proud to be introverted in a world that can't stop talking. Next week, we'll bring you part two of this discussion. Talk to you then. (music)